Matthew chapter number seven, for taking notes, the first message of the new year is get in the house. Would you say that with me? Get in the house. Again, a little bit louder. Get in the house. One more time, real loud. Get in the house. Now, I had you do it three times, hopefully, that the air that just came out of your body warmed up this room. So, (laughs) the house is what I was hoping put us up two degrees, okay? Matthew chapter number seven, starting at the 24th verse, it reads like this. Anyone who listens, this is in red, Jesus is speaking. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So I want to teach this morning, get in the house. Bow your heads, let's pray over the word. Holy Spirit, help us to get in the house. Amen. So, uh, if you've never been here before, you, yes, that's it. So, there's <laughs> nothing else after that. Uh, I was born in Southern California, born and raised. And uh, on my street, uh, I think probably at least 11 nationalities on that block. And I loved playing outside. I I don't know how this generation plays outside. Actually, I do. They play outside on Minecraft. Minecraft is outside. Uh, But we we used to play outside for real, not like virtually outside (laughs) on Call of Duty, but like really outside with G.I. Joes. And so uh, we would play outside and everyone on our block would be outside and we would start Uh, at something crazy like eight o'clock in the morning, just go outside. And outside was just the most expansive universe you could ever have in life because there were so many things you could do and so many things you could think up your, the fence, just a regular wire chain link fence became the border between two rival factions, uh, the three guys that were, told that they were cobras, and then the three guys that were told they were G.I. Joes, uh, and and we would fight each other, and whoever made it to that fence won. The tree, the tree became its own expedition in itself. Bear Grylls had nothing on us. We would climb that tree, and at the top of the tree, what we would do is we would stick gum. This is why God takes care of little kids. We would stick gum on the telephone wire. God takes care. (laughs) of kids, okay? We would climb all the way to the top of the tree and stick gum on the telephone wire. Ha ha! It's the most exhilarating thing ever. One day I was climbing back down the tree and there was a caterpillar um, down the path that I was supposed to take to get back out. And um, I don't know what it is to a kid, you know, as an adult, it's a caterpillar, okay? But as a kid, This was a hairy boa constrictor. (laughs) And I was stuck in the tree, screaming to the top of my lungs for my daddy for 30 minutes, 
crying profusely, Daddy! Daddy! My dad came outside and he is panicked. He is running. What, what's the deal? And I was like, I can see The caterpillar was this big. But I was mortified. And so he's like, jump! And I was like, I can't jump, I'm not gonna jump. If I jump, I'm gonna break something. I'm so sorry. It's a caterpillar! So he took the caterpillar off of the tree with his hands, because he's a gangster, okay? <laughs> if you're from the country, you pick up bugs with your hands, <laughs> okay? And he flicked it, and I'm like, this, this is my hero, okay? We did all that before lunch, okay? All that happened before lunchtime. The rest of the day, we'd ride our bike. Just somewhere. Like, it would be like 11 miles away from our house. We didn't know. We were just out. Then we'd come back, exhausted, throats parched, bellies growling, but no, we're not going back in the house. We're gonna find something else to do. There's a mud puddle and we can make pies, okay? And so we would make mud pies. Anybody ever made a mud pie? Yes, mud pies. And I mean, I mean, I mean like they were like, like, like we were going on Food Network with these mud pies, okay? They were like real to us, it was amazing. And so we'd make the mud pies and we were just having the greatest day of our life. And there was just time felt like it just stood still, but then, Something happened in this day that felt like eternity that was never going to end. The street light came on. Does anybody know what that street light signifies? When that street light comes on, it doesn't matter what you were doing, it does not matter how much fun you're having. If you want to ever have that fun again, <laughs> when that street light comes on, what do you have to do? You have to get in the house. If you ignore the street light, there'd be a voice. Not even five minutes after the light came on. Just a voice. You didn't see a body. <laughs> Just a voice. And it wouldn't matter if you were next door or five blocks away. When this voice called you, you knew. You had 30 seconds <laughs> to get in the house or your funeral arrangements <laughs> were gonna be made. And for us, because I have a younger brother who's 17 months younger than me, his name is Miles, 
And uh, before there was a Brangelina or before there was the, the mushing of names, there was Tim and Mouse, okay? There was just one name. Anytime somebody called the house, they would just go, it's Tim and Mouse home. They wouldn't, it wouldn't be Tim or Miles, it would be Tim and Mouse. And so, Tim, it's Tim and Miles home? And like, which one? Either one, it doesn't matter. It's Tim and Mouse home, okay? <laughs> they would knock on the door. Can Tim and Mouse come out and play? Which one do you want? Tim or Miles? Tim or Miles, just Tim and Mouse, a group. They, we need the couple. Just get them out the door. Just play with both, doesn't matter, but Tim and Mouse, they're a set, right? You had a set, get them out of here. So, uh, Tim and Mouse, get in the house. Okay, one time and one time only. There wasn't a next time. The death angel. just came and was like, do you want to grow up or <laughs> you, wanna, you just want to lay down now? And so you would run home and you would get in the house and you would be safe. You take off your play clothes. Play clothes were a thing. Like you had church clothes you had play clothes, you had school clothes, okay? Like there were, there were sets, everything had its own function. It's like you came home in church clothes and was like, I'm gonna go play basketball? You were like, I can't move, I have on actually church clothes, so I can't actually even do a basketball move, so I put on play clothes. You get in the house and you were safe. And that's what home is supposed to be, safe. Home is supposed to be the place of protection and safety. And when you get there, you are safe. When I was in uh, high school, well, actually probably junior high, uh, there was a couple of bullies in the school, nothing like we have now because of uh, the advent of the internet and things like that. But, but we had bullies in the school, and you, you know that there was only one time that bullies wanted to fight, and it was 3 o'clock, whether it was Pacific time, Mountain time, Central time, <laughs> Eastern time, it was all three o'clock. And uh, I, I was a fast runner, I was never big, but I was fast, so you couldn't catch me. And uh, I knew that if I could just make it home, I'd be safe. Home is the place where you're supposed to feel safety and protection. Now there may be some people in the room that when they think about home, home does not evoke that same sentimentality. You, you, you think about it and you go, that's, that's not the kind of home I grew up in can understand that we all may not come from that type of home, but ideally, every home is supposed to represent the place of protection and safety. In my text, Jesus is giving his Sermon on the Mount. And this is one of the most shotgun sermons you'll ever hear. If you start from chapter number five and just read through, you would go, actually, what is the title of your message, sir? Because he just hit on everything. Worry, doubt, divorce, fear, judgment, narrow streets, broad streets. Then he hits on these four verses, three or four verses, and he starts talking about the difference between people that do listen to him and the people that don't. One of the most simplistic parables, 
but I think profound for us as we start this new year. He says, anyone that listens to me and actually does what I tell them to do is like a person who's built their house on a solid foundation. He said, but someone that hears me and does not obey, that person uh, is like uh, a person that would build their house on sand. So, so it's not about the house, it's about the foundation. And he's saying, whoever listens to me and does what I say, solid. They can build something on something solid. But, it, but if there's someone that listens to me and doesn't obey, then they're going to build on sand. Here's the thing that's profound about what he's saying. You both heard me. One heard me and they obeyed. The other heard me and did not obey. And they both had the opportunity to build. I didn't take away the opportunity to build from the person that did not listen to me. But what I am trying to point out is whatever they built is not going to be able to be supported. It's going to be like they're building it on sand. So there's three points that I want you to have, and I've put these in first person, so I'm not saying you. I'm saying I and we. Point number one, write this down. I live in one of these houses. <laughs> I live in one of these houses. Because whether you know it or not, you do. This is not a message that's, that's trying to imply you live in an apartment and you need to choose which house you want to move into. No, you already live in one of the houses. We all live in one of the houses right now, and I know which one you live in. If you obey God's word and do it, you live in the house that's on solid ground. If you hear God's word and you don't do it, you live in a house that's built on sand. It's that simple. <laughs> it's not rocket science. So many times I'll sit down with people and I'll counsel them and they'll tell me, oh my God, I'm going through this and I'm going through that and I'm going through the other. And then I'll say, well, tell me about how you got into that or well, I did this and I felt this way so I did that and then I did this and I'll go, oh, I know what house you live in. You, you live in a house on Sand. Because I heard nothing in the last hour that indicated to me that you talked to God about anything that you just vented about. And if you're not getting direction from him, you're building something. It's just not on anything stable. See, a lot of times people take the new year, a lot of people take the new year to, to preach messages about what God's going to do. You're going to have the biggest breakthrough of your life and there's going to be more prosperity that comes to you this year than you've ever had in your whole life. But what would it do and what would it mean for God to give you all of that and you're on sand? This is going to be the year of my biggest blessing ever, but you won't keep it. 
If it's on sand. And so the charge today is, is not to go, oh my goodness, God is going to do something amazing in your life. He is. He's God. He does amazing things. But you'll only enjoy it if it's on the type of foundation that truly supports amazing things. Point number two, write this down. My foundation determines my experience. My foundation determines my experience. Last week, there were uh, several tornadoes that hit in the Dallas area. Uh, many people lost their homes. Some people even tragically lost their lives. If you know of anybody that's going through something like that, um, please be praying for them. If it's somebody that's really close to you, or, or maybe it was uh, something that happened to your immediate family or, 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 or extended family, let us know. We would love to see how we can help and support and uh, tangibly uh, give during this season of difficulty in their lives. I saw a few people in the news. I've actually um, uh, heard from some people that actually uh, went through uh, the situation, had the storms come, took pictures of it, and you can see the whole house is just splintered and, and fragmented, and the upstairs is downstairs, and the downstairs is down the street, and it's just a devastating picture to look at. What's interesting, though, is uh, it's easy to identify the people who have a solid foundation from the people who have a sandy one. The people that have the solid foundation sounded like this. Man, I am so grateful that I'm alive. I'm so grateful that God kept my family safe. I mean, right down the street, look at what happened there, and they lost a daughter, or they, they lost something, and, and listen, we can get another car, we can get another house, we lost some pictures, but thank God I'm safe. Solid foundation, you're just going, I don't even know if I could be that optimistic as you're being if I was in the same situation. I'm inspired by that. Then you have Sandy Foundation. Sandy Foundation sounds like this. No bus, no nothing. Just how am I gonna get to work? No Uber. I just gotta, I don't understand how I get to work. Look at my house, it's destroyed. The entire emotion is different because of what that emotion is built on. You see, I'm from Southern California. We, we, we have to deal with people that build houses on the sides of mountains. Just want to let that sink in. Make sure you get it. So like there's a mountain, right? And people look at the side of that mountain the mountain and they go oh my god I can see myself living right there and, and you're, you're going where and you're trying to follow their finger where it's pointing you're going where would you where can you see yourself because that's that's actually air so I don't know just trying to follow your 
is that right there, I could just see my house right there. It's like, no, that's the side of a mountain and that space right here is space. And they're like, no, 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 I'm gonna build like a flat piece of steel on stilts. It's gonna be an amazing thing ever. And then I'm gonna build a whole house there, like a 6,000 square foot house. And the insurance companies are like, bravo, you just, God bless you, build that house. Go ahead and build that house. Because after it rains here, and the earth does its boogie-woogie, and your house is in the ocean, why? Isn't it amazing how many good ideas we can come up with that are not God's ideas that he would come up with? It's amazing how many, how many of us would plan 2016 without even asking him what he might want to do through you this year. It's almost like, I've planned my 2016, here's what I'm gonna do. God, do you see this? I just need to go ahead and let you co-sign on it because this was I'm going to do this year. Here's how I think God looks at us from the balcony of heaven. I think he looks down at, at, at us like a little six-year-old making a sandcastle. Going, oh, you're so sweet. You're such a cute sandcastle. It won't be around by high tide, but I mean, it looks cute. Is that what you want to keep doing? Yep. And then the rains come, the floods come, and the winds come. And it goes away. So the three bullet points I want you to have with point number two, write these down. The rains come down on me, okay? The rain comes down on me. That's what rain does. Rain comes from the top down. When the rain comes, it's usually uh, the, th the things that I was thinking about were things like maybe your past struggles or uh, your past being brought up in your, uh, in your face. It, it, it kind of comes down on you. These are thoughts that come down on you. Worries, maybe some problems. The rain comes down on you. And even though it's coming down on you, it's actually going to be testing the foundation under you. Rain comes down on us. The floods come up on us. Rain comes from the top down, the floods come from the bottom up. And there are certain things that come into our life, they just flood our memory or they, or they flood us with emotions. And when those emotions are flooded out or, or, or we're dealing with something spiritually and it just seems like we're just being overwhelmed, like a flood just came upon us, like a flash flood. You found yourself, okay, it's raining, I can handle that, but now how am I waist deep in this? The flood comes up. Though it's happening to you, it's testing the foundation beneath you. Then lastly, the winds. The rain comes down on us, the, the, the floods come up on us, and the winds come straight at us. The winds come straight at us. The winds are stuff like lies, confrontations, 
issues with people, relationships, stuff, it's coming straight at you and you're like, how am I going to deal with all of this? Well, here's how you deal with it. If you hear God's voice and you obey it, you'll be on a solid foundation. And it doesn't matter how much rain comes, how much flooding comes, how much wind comes, you will be able to withstand. But if it's a sandy foundation, a sandy foundation means the same exact thing is coming at you, but you're not handling it the same way. It collapses. I've seen so many people try to build good relationships and and, and build good businesses and and, and build strong things, but because it does not have the foundation, they're not having the same experience as somebody who has built on the rock, who is Jesus Christ. I know people who have been blessed financially but can't enjoy it because it was not built on a solid foundation. There are entertainers and celebrities in Hollywood with more money than all of us combined could ever imagine to see in the next 20 years, and they go to sleep without peace because all of their success has been built on sand. Make no mistake why it's so uh, very difficult to keep a relationship in an environment that's all about the external and has nothing to do with the internal. When you're building on sand, the problem with it is you always have to rebuild over and over and over again. When you build on the solid rock who is Jesus Christ, you only have to build it one time and you can add to it over and over and over again. One of our favorite shows on HGTV is Fixer Upper. If you haven't seen it, get your life right, but go be blessed. It's an amazing show, okay? We love it, we're addicted to it, we binge watch it, we've seen all the episodes, we watch them again like we don't have no idea what's gonna happen to the house in Waco, go. I already saw it, but do it again. It's amazing. Now say happy birthday to your husband and get a helicopter. It's amazing. Oh, my God, I love you. Sorry. It's crazy. It's a firm foundation. So people can build and renovate, knock out a wall, extend the house. Why? The foundation is good. You know what happens to a house that you want to remodel on on some sand? The whole house goes away. I feel like the way we should start off this year is by getting a bunch of people in the house on a firm foundation. Like, like if they can get through one year of a relationship with one person. Instead of every two and a half months rebuilding a new relationship because the wind blew. Wind blew, he didn't text me back, bye. (laughs) Friendships gone, three months. They were so cool, wind blew, flood came, bye. Listen, you can't establish covenant relationship if you can't handle weather. Covenant relationships weather storms. 
They don't leave when there's a storm. I've been blessed to have godly relationships 20 years. For one reason and one reason only. When the rains came and the floods came and the winds came, we were both on a solid foundation. So we had a disagreement. We didn't see eye to eye. We fell out with each other and then we fell right back in with each other because we're on a solid foundation. And when you're on a solid foundation, you can go through storms and they not have the same effect as if they're on sand. Which brings me to the real practical part of this message. I love Jesus's parable because Jesus's parable strongly and blatantly implies that you will go through a storm. <laughs> it's almost hilarious to me to hear people in church believe that because they have a relationship with Jesus, they're not going to go through anything. Have you picked up your Bible? Have you seen Passion of the Christ? Like, you're like, I have a relationship with Jesus, so my life's gonna be good from here on out. Um, Jesus had a relationship with himself. He was God in the flesh and got crucified for it and told us in red, you will have persecution. You know what we do to that part? This is the day that the, we just like clap over that like you weren't talking to me. No, I live in the suburbs, Jesus. You're not talking to me. You must be implying someone that lives in the hood. I have a suburban God in Jesus' name. And my suburban God exempts me from all malice and strife. Blessed be thy holy name. May I remind you that problems do not discriminate by zip code. Drama does not check in with ethnicity. It rains on the just as well as the unjust. Floods can happen to the most devout of us. And winds come to the most stable of us. How we respond depends on what our foundation is. Point number three, write this down. I need to get in the house. That's it, very simple. I need to get in the house. Here's what it says in Psalms 127, verse number one. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. I love what the psalmist says here, so practical. If you're not obeying what God is telling you to do and allowing him to build the house according to his specifications, you're wasting your time. You're trying to build a relationship, you're trying to build a business, you're trying to uh, uh, go about 2016 uh, with, with, with a thought that you came up with in your mind, you are wasting your time. 
It has to be built according to his specifications. The builder of the building and the architect who designed it have to be in agreement. Because if the builder builds something that the architect did not design, it compromises the integrity of the entire house. So as we start this year, 2016, what we're strongly urging you to do is get in the house. You might be saying, well, I already have a relationship with Jesus. I'm already in the house. Well, I have an incredible exhortation for you. Stay in the house. Because you know what the enemy likes to do with people that are already in the house? Is attempt to woo them out of it. If he can't get you to do wrong, then he'll distract you with something frivolous that wastes your time. You do know that he has more time than we do. And so sometimes he'll just wait. Not gonna ask me yet? Mm, Okay. Have fun. I'll be here. And I've literally seen people go two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years before they go, I don't think I was supposed to be doing this. <laughs> and, it was, and like you were just looking like, I, mm, I think we had this conversation eight years ago. But here's what I love about God. He's, he's really nice and polite. So like he'll like nudge and like, give hints and like close doors, but like if you batter ram through them, he'll be like, oh, I'll just wait then, because I I don't have time, I have eternity, so (laughs) at least I got that going for me. (laughs) Get in the house. If you're already in the house, stay in the house. And if you know someone that's on sand, would you love them enough to tell them to get in the house? Like, don't talk about them this year and say, I can't believe that they're going through that. And you're on a solid foundation and you see them sliding every two, three, four months. You work with that person. You've already established some relational equity. Invite them to church. I'm telling you, right now, you invite anybody to church, they'll be like, you know what, I will come. I went and got a new car last year. Uh, last year, that was last week. So uh, <laughs> I, went, I went and got a new car last week, and I like evangelized the entire store. Like, all of the dealers and the finance person, I'm like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, man, you should come to church. He was like, you know what, I do need to go back to church. Everybody right now is looking to do something different. You just got to be the first one to ask, and then they'll come here. (laughs) Hey, would you come to church? Yeah, you know what? I was just thinking about that. They just need you to open up your mouth. I'm telling you, if you can't be an evangelist in January, man. (laughs) We'll have a class or something. I'll rent a room and have a class for y'all, okay? Let's get in the house. Let's stay in the house. And let's get other people in the house. And I'm not talking about 
Embassy City Church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. If you invite them to church and you told them to come here and they went to Gateway or they went to Fellowship or they went to Irving Bible and they say, hey, I went to church this weekend. Oh, I didn't see you. Oh, I didn't go to your church. I went to Irving. Yay, Jesus. They went to church. (laughs) So it's not about getting them in here. Let's just get them in the body. Wherever God wants them in the body is where they're supposed to be. So this is not a recruitment effort for Embassy City Church. God will build this church. This is his church. He'll build it. We don't got to resort to no tactics, putting flyers on people's window. You coming? You coming? Are you coming? I thought you said you were going to come. Don't be a stalker. Invitation is different (laughs) from stalking, okay? So I don't need anybody that's a resident of Embassy City Church to have a restraining order on them (laughs) by February, okay? Let's just get people here. Because if we get people in the body, their lives will become stable. And the more stable people we have, the more people we have that will build something that God can use and people can see as a thing of beauty, okay? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?